0: Like, uh, group therapy, they, they want to brainwash you yes. into call, just think, t- telling yourself over and over, I'm an addict. I'm an addict. I can't do this. I can't do that. And obviously, for some people, that's the only way it's going to work. Like, I yeah. understand, I understand the psychology behind it, but I don't agree with the brainwashing aspect of it. Like, I understand it does work and it helps a lot of people, but I think determination and willpower is the the bottom line determining factor of, you know, like, are you going to get better or not? You people should be thanking Christ that I am who and what I am because you need me. You need me to save you. You do. I
1: am the only one who possibly can. Yeah, yeah. You're not
0: the real True. one. Let's 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 I'm the real hero. hero. Ladies yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to, to the real, real conversations. Cozy Murph, yeah, yeah, I'm your host, superhero. Cody Murphy. I'm here with co-host JD Kozad, hero, aka Cozy. Hero.
1: What up?
0: We are wrapping up the March Madness. NCAA tournament. We're going to talk about UConn, their dominant run throughout the tournament. We're going to talk a little bit of the women's college basketball, the Angel Reese versus Caitlin Clark situation. We're going to talk a little bit of MLB baseball, maybe some some movies, a little bit of current events, probably to close it out, and then we'll see where it goes. Yeah. All right, JD. What have you been up to?
1: As for myself, all as always, working. And then, um, yesterday went out to opening day for the Columbus Clippers, which is. The minor, the Triple A team for the Cleveland Indians, which is pretty dope. Great stadium, good atmosphere, not a very good ball club, but it was fun. Perfect day for some baseball outside yesterday. Um, And I did uh, do a little video log, and I'm kind of putting it together, learning how to put together and edit videos. So that'll go up on our YouTube at some point. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Hell yeah. Definitely
0: um definitely want to try to start incorporating more of the YouTube aspect of it. I need to get a webcam. I know you've got one. I need to get I one. I just need
1: the email I need to just send you that one in the mail is what I need to
0: do. Yeah, and that way we can start actually editing some clips together and Yeah. You can get some facial some facial recognition and all that good shit. I mean, I'm pretty ugly, though, so I don't really know if I want to be on camera. <laughs> <laughs> but, that bad. yeah, you get used to it. I'm just not the type that really enjoys recording them. So, like, I, like, I feel like that's so, like, weird to me, like, these people who, like, on TikTok or whatever, yeah. Instagram, that are constantly, or even Snapchat. Snapchat gets me the, the most because, like. And I, I don't mean this to sound sexist, but usually it's, <laughs> it's girls, and they'll have like a twenty-five minute fucking story on their Snapchat where they're literally just talking to their phone, you know. And yeah. it's like, I mean, I guess it could be therapeutic or you know whatever. I'm mm-hmm. not judging. I'm just saying like it's just a little weird to me it to like weird. sit there and just have your phone recording you and just talk to it for. You know, ever and ever and ever. But hey, today each, I
1: got my toes done, to and their, we're just we're gonna go get some Starbucks. So you guys I mean, just to, hang along with me.
0: To each their own, though. I mean, like I said, <laughs> I'm not who am I to judge?
1: Hey, them girls are famous. They making money, bro.
0: I know, but just it's so easy to get famous for stupid shit nowadays. Like it's not even like respectable. Like used to, if you got famous, or you know, had a business endeavor that you got made a lot of money off of it's like wow you put in a lot of hard work but now it's like oh you posted a picture of your fucking toes <laughs> wow man that was, was put in the like, work on that one
1: you're so you're so i don't even know the right word but
0: it's, it's men's just, fault though because we oh simp over it. we simp over that type of shit and we fucking pay money to to see that type of shit and yeah. It's so crazy. Like some of these OnlyFans girls, like they'll be on podcasts and talking about some of the stuff that they get paid to do. Yeah. And it's like it's like some men will literally pay these girls to like step on their balls. <laughs> or something like just fucking they would. weird. Just they really weird. Would. This one chick, I don't know if you've ever heard of Soft White Underbelly, but no. um he does like he's got a YouTube channel It's called Soft White Underbelly, and he talks to like a bunch of different people from like all walks of life. But there was this one girl, she was like a a fetishist or something like that. And she said the first thing that she had, like like weird thing that she ever got paid to do this guy, they stripped down to their underwear. It was her and another chick. And this guy paid them to give him a piggyback ride, like in their underwear. So he was in his underwear. He was in his underwear. She, they were in their underwear, and literally all they were doing was giving him a piggyback ride. And they said that he like got hard and everything, and bro, like he hadn't like he ejaculated while they were giving him a piggyback ride. And this what guy paid fuck? him like paid him like ten thousand dollars a piece. But that was his fetish was like having attractive women give him a piggyback ride. And it's like, damn, I wish I could make 10K doing that. I mean... Wait, like,
1: I'll give somebody a piggyback, ride, sure. Yeah,
0: and they can fucking jack off them of <laughs> for 10K. I ain't gay. It's Put 10K. Put it in my
1: pocket. Put it in my pocket.
0: Yeah, yeah fuck it. No,
1: I shit. need that money. Shit. <laughs> I got a mouse to feed. That's <sighs> my own. That's yeah. fucked, bro. Soft white underbelly. It's like you're going to yes.
0: Googling. Look it up, look, bro. The guy... The
1: search bar. Going to be fucking... There's all jacolates. kinds of...
0: There's all kinds of crazy people on there. Like, he interviews homeless people. He interviews, uh, like, dominatrix. It's not always sexual, either. Like, drug addicts, drug yeah. dealers, fucking pimps. Like, like that's what the underbelly of society, basically. Yeah.
1: Oh, it makes sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's some interesting content, so definitely check it out if, yeah. if you're into that type of thing. But anyway... I don't even know where I was going with that, but like, life's good. I mean, just taking care of my shit, doing what I need to do. I can trying to figure out life. You know, I mean, not not that it will ever happen. Just trying to <laughs> trying to make it and provide provide for my family in any capacity that I can. Yeah. Going to work, coming home, playing video games, watching TV. Reading the book every now and then. I
1: think they call that living the dream.
0: It's some type of dream, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if like it's that. the dream, but it's
1: a dream. That's what it is.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, what did you um? What did you think about that national title game on Monday, Monday night? I, for one, think that eight twenty or nine twenty is way too fucking late. To be starting a national championship game.
1: I think that's a good place to start with how bullshit that time was. Like, it's it's half, and I'm ready to go bet, and I probably could have.
0: Right. Right, I think it was, like, it was like 10 o'clock here, central time, at, by halftime. The, the game didn't end until like
1: 10.50. Fucking midnight when I'm, the game ended, and we were talking shit. And I was like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know why it was so late. I think they definitely kind of got away with probably six or seven.
1: I feel like, I feel like they probably lost a good amount of viewership too because it was so late, especially right. probably during that. It was second on a Monday half. night. Oh, yeah, Monday night that late. Like,
0: I mean, the, the Super Bowl was. It started at like five o'clock.
1: Yeah, they didn't even give nobody. Like, a chance to really talk about anything until the next day. Yeah. It's kind of weird to me. I mean, shout out UConn. I'll go there. What a what a fucking run dominance, bro.
0: Run yeah, I time. mean, I don't think there was ever a question that they were going to win that game. I know uh, San Diego State cut it to within five in the second half, but... Then UConn went on a nine zero run and brought it back up to twelve or something like that. So. Yeah,
1: every chance that they had, they just they just laid it on them, bro.
0: I mean, UConn was just too good. That's how they played the entire tournament, though. If you go back and watch and really pay attention, like they were just the better coached team. They out hustled everybody. They rebounded well, played solid defense, forced turnovers, and made tough shots. When yep. I mean, you do all those things, if you do three of those things, you have a chance to win a championship. If you do all those things, nobody's going to touch you, and nobody even came within double digits of them the entire tournament. I mean, that's crazy.
1: I want to know this stack. It just popped into my head, but I want to know what their entire tournament point differential was and compare it to other.
0: Other tournament. It's got to be the best in the last Tour- decade, at least. At least, at least
1: decade.
0: If not tw- the last 20 years.
1: Yeah. I texted you I mean, and I said it was 4 to, four to 07, 08, 4 to Gator type, but it was, I think it was more dominant than that.
0: Yeah. I don't know, but I mean, that would be interesting to, to know. Yeah, I might um, have to look into that. I mean, you got to. Take your hats off for it. San Diego State, though. They yeah. Played. They, they played really hard. Never never quit. Just UConn was just better. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that was kind of San Diego State. That was their whole MO the entire tournament was never quit because they were down in a lot of games. The last mm-hmm. two games, I know for sure, they were down against Alabama, and then they, they got down against um, – Fuck, who did they play in the Final Four? FAU, that was 14 Yeah. Came back and won all on a buzzer-beater, so hats off. I think they got a good program. I think they'll be back next year. They'll definitely have the potential to make a run again. But, man, UConn's got a squad. Oh, my
1: God. I mean, they're going to have a, a turnover of guys, but the way that thing is set up, coaching, and they're able to flaunt the fact that you come to UConn, you've got a real chance. And with with NIL money and shit like that now.
0: Yeah, they've got a great culture. Yeah. Basketball culture. And they always pick the right coaches, I feel like.
1: Yeah. I think they've got the right guy right now. probably be there for a long time. He's a funny dude, too. I don't know if you've listened to him much. Yeah.
0: What's crazy to me is that they had multiple players that were observing Ramadan. So that means they weren't eating or drinking while they were playing. I know. From sun ups to sun down in the Muslim religion if you're observing Ramadan, you you're not you have to fast. You're not allowed yeah. to eat or drink anything, not even water. Yeah. So these guys were going out and playing like complete on a completely empty stomach, you know. Dehydrated, all that shit, and uh, Sonogo, Adama Sonogo, he's a beast.
1: That boy is a dog, bro. Wow, he won
0: uh, most outstanding player, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, well deserved.
1: Oh, he put every game that you watch of him, it was like he stole the show.
0: He's what Oscar Shibway should be.
1: Yeah, that's exactly how I interpret it. He's like, this is what Oscar could be. Or should be, you know what I'm saying? He has it's all just, the same, all the same assets and skills. Right,
0: right. This is what Oscar She should could be if he develops his game just a little bit.
1: Yep.
0: And it's just frustrating to me to see that because, like, I can't remember who told said that. I don't that know was, if it was that was me. Yeah. <laughs> but like, after you said that, it like. Clicked in my head, I was like, "Man, he's that spot, fucking on." Like, if Shebay just had a little bit of better post game, a little bit better defense, he's got the rebounding already. Yeah. So, man, hats off to Sonogo. Shout out man. to Sonogo. He's a he's a beast. Another another dominant uh, UConn big man. Yeah. Reminded me a lot of uh, Amecha Okafor.
1: That's who I was gonna say too. That's a good. Good
0: um, comparison.
1: Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. But that's a really good comparison as a Mecca Okafor. I mean, Senogo put on a show. He not only did he like play defense, rebound the ball, but he also dished the ball too, right place, right time, every time it was on point. Little little touch passes, little little movement. It was it was. I mean, that whole team was right. ball move, ball movement, ball movement. Every shot was a wide open shot, pretty much. There wasn't much contested anything. Well,
0: Another thing is those players they they gel well gel well together they mesh well together their play styles are complementary like you have and they have size like I don't think they had anybody under six four on the floor no
1: they're huge
0: like all their guards are are lanky they've got length and then you got the big uh, seven footer clinging clanging yeah. or clinging or however you say his name I can. Post presence, dominant post presence, probably one of the best rim protectors in the nation as far as college basketball is concerned. He put and it, he, he hustles. Oh, that, that was the one thing that that for UConn that I noticed above everybody else is like they hustle every play, no matter what they are. They are putting it out on the line. They're they're jumping the passing lanes. They are, you know, running running the court, running the transition. Getting to the block and show, and pre- presenting themselves, getting ready for the ball. You know, I mean, it's just little things like that, and those things add up over time. I'm sure, you know, anybody who's played ball knows that. There's little things, attention to detail. But
1: I think it comes back to their coach, man. They're they're ready yeah. to go to war for that guy, bro. Hurley, yeah. the Hurley boys, man. Uh, what's what's the other one at Arizona? What's his name? Um, the Bob, I think. I thought no, nah, yeah. Bobby Hurley was the one that's yeah. He's at Arizona.
0: And Dan Hurley's and, the one at UConn.
1: Yeah, and then their dad is the guy that was like the greatest high school basketball coach ever.
0: He he played with Leitner, I thought. In that. Yeah, I yeah. Their dad, dude, that's that's wild. Talk about a fucking basketball lineage. Plus, uh, Dan Hurley's son plays for UConn. Yeah. So, I'm sure he'll be in the coaching. In the and that's coaching another world thing. Soon. His
1: son isn't like one of those guys that plays at UConn. But that's how dominant UConn was. His son played in all the tournament games. That's how you're able to yeah. well, play yeah, in their you're up by 20, when <laughs> Yeah, when you're about
0: 25, you can put your, your bench warmers in, yeah. and put the scrubs in. It'd be like Kentucky putting
1: his, or uh, Cal putting his son in for all six tournaments mm-hmm. games. Could you imagine?
0: No, because Calipari's son <laughs> transferred to Detroit Mercy for his <laughs> senior year because he actually wanted to play. Which I respect that.
1: I respect that. At least you had the balls enough to be like, "Look, Dad." Well, he
0: knew his dad was never going to win another fucking ring, so. Hey, shout out UK. Hey. So, what about Jay Will talking about UConn has replaced Kentucky in the Mount Rushmore of college basketball? Technically, he's. Ugh. I mean, not that feels, incorrect. That feels icky.
1: It's a very icky feeling, but.
0: They've definitely. I've, I feel like it's a little bit of recency bias because, you know, UConn just won the championship. Yeah, of course. So, of course, I mean, it's trendy to say something like that. Jay Will's always good at fucking riding trends. Yeah. But. um, I mean, I, you know. I can't argue; they're definitely more relevant in the last twenty years than UK, than UK has been. Yeah, I mean, I know UK has had Final Fours, and we've got one championship, but it's been <laughs> twenty eleven years since we won a championship. And before that, it was what ninety six was our last championship before then. So,
1: well, let's think. Who are? I think if
0: you look, go ahead.
1: I would say who's the who's the Mount Rushmore's – Would you even consider the Mount Rushmore?
0: Well, obviously you got to put UCLA, like you've got the most championships ever. But I mean, their heyday was John Wooden back in the seventies. That's what I'm
1: saying. I wouldn't put UCLA there.
0: I'm talking. Are we talking? Okay, but that's the that's the what are the parameters we're talking about here? Are we talking about the last like twenty years, like our lifetime, or are we talking about college basketball as a whole overall? Because yeah. if we're talking just our lifetime, then, yeah, obviously UCLA, you can't mention them because they really haven't been. They've had some good teams, but they haven't been super relevant, in the, you know, in the past since, you know, we've been born.
1: Yeah. If we're going all time, I still feel like UK should be in there.
0: Yes. I mean, but you have to put UK in if we're talking about best programs of all time since college basketball, like as a whole, traditional or historically.
1: Yeah, if we're doing recency, I think I put UConn yeah. over UCLA.
0: Well, I think you got to put Kansas in there. Kansas is in there. Yeah, UConn, obviously. Yep. Uh, man, I don't know. I have to pull up the, the championships. Maybe the Michigan Fours. State. I mean, they've only won one since Tom Izzo's been there. So it's true. Duke. Duke. Yeah, that's three right there. Be three. Kansas, UConn, Duke. Then it's either. I mean, I, you know, call me. I, I might have a bias, but I think UK.
1: That's what I was going to say. I think it's UK. It's got to be. I mean, who else has really won? What's Villanova's got won? North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina's in there, too. Yeah, they won. No, they lost. What was that? A couple years ago on that buzzer beater.
0: Yeah, to Villanova. Villanova. Talk about all-time tournament moment. I was, I still wow. remember watching that game. That, that was game
1: crazy was crazy. It's the craziest, like, buzz, well, not buzzer beater, but last second three-pointer take the lead and then comes right down the it court. It was like
0: a double pump. Yeah. Three, desperation three, and dude just sinks it for North Carolina. And then Villanova doesn't even, I don't even think they called a timeout or anything. They, they just didn't blink. In, they just inbounded. And run that little like ball screen action. And yeah, well, it wasn't even a ball screen, it was like it was like the a guy, the, the, yeah, it was like the point guard was setting a pick and passing it. So, honestly yeah. and dude just rises up from like 35 feet and just bangs it in. You sound that? that's why I love that's what you love to see, though. I mean, yeah, who doesn't love a, a buzzer beater,
1: man. What a March, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it was one of the one of the more fun tournaments we've had in the last few years. Yeah. Like, we had a lot of upsets. You got to love the upsets. Everybody loves a good underdog story. FAU, Cinderella. Yeah. You had Princeton. Good storyline. Creighton. San and Diego State, obviously, their first Final Four appearance.
1: And on the flip side, but, the women, too. Them girls, bro. They put on yeah. a show.
0: Yeah, and I mean, look at it, look at what's happening. Like everybody's now talking about women's college basketball, and like, which okay, well, I guess we can transition into that. <laughs> so, I mean, shout out LSU. Shout out Angel Reese. Congratulations. Shout out Iowa. Shout out Clay- Caitlin Clark. A freaking dominant performance throughout the tournament. It's just, and. Before we get into it, I think let me just say this. I feel like this is the media. This is just another example of the power of the media. Cuz before we would never, you know, well not, you know, a lot of us wouldn't even be talking about the women's basketball. But now we have the whole Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark situation and everybody's talking about it. Everybody's got an opinion about it. And it's, it's been making its rounds all throughout the sports world, you know. So, I mean, I, obviously it's a good thing for the game, no matter what you think of Angel Reese or Caitlin Clark. Like, it's a good thing. It's exposure for for the women's sport. Good but for – Before I go in, college. I want to know your take on it. I
1: agree. I think
0: we're, I think we're sort of – in the same agree, and you know, we're sort of in agreement. I just want to hear know what you got to say 1st
1: where it's good for the women's game, yes, I agree completely in that sense. Like, in if this happened, what three years ago, this would be was would have been forgotten about that night, and the only people that would have been talking about it are like the families of whatever women's team it was, but because there's been such a precedence on women's basketball, like this is national media news, national headlines. And when it comes to that scenario specifically, like also people put into perspective here, like this is two former athletes speaking on how the game works. When you're, out there on the field or on the court or you're playing a game, there's always gonna be trash talk. That's a given. Always
0: always. always.
1: It doesn't fail. Even if you even if you're friends with a person or you have especially love for that if person.
0: especially if you're friends with them.
1: Yeah, I mean it brings out the best in you. And one, I think Caitlin Clark and uh, Angel Reese had a mutual respect for each other's game to the point where they both knew nothing was off limits. And I think that's. Well, I think let- they
0: knew that it wasn't personal.
1: Yes, exactly. That's like, that's pretty much how I'm trying to state it. I think what Angel did by, you know, pointing at her finger, doing the You Can't See Me, all of that's in play. And there's. People are just clipping her, taking, you know, the snapshot of her doing it, forgetting that, you know, Caitlin Clark was doing it during the game. Oh, well, she did it after the game was over. Blah, blah, blah. Like. You try winning a national championship; you're in the heat of the moment, like your emotions are at their peak. Like that little thing was just like the last little. Hey, look! Don't be, don't get too high, mighty, because you. Everyone can. Yeah. Everyone can be defeated. Anybody (laughs)
0: can be defeated.
1: Exactly.
0: And. Well, I just think that she got. Caitlin Clark got a big slice of humble pie, but I, yes. I don't even think she's like cocky or arrogant. No, I, think, I mean, she's just confident player. I mean, obviously you drop, four, you drop 40 points in back-to-back games. You're going to be fucking cocky. You know, yeah. you have that right. And so let's just explain, explain the situation a little bit, give a little bit of context. So Caitlin Clark, she has been, ta- you know, tearing through the women's college basketball tournament. She, has been given the John Cena, you can't see me, you know, everybody, you know, if you don't know what that is, then you probably, I don't know, have been living under a rock, but she's been doing that, you know, celebrating throughout the tournament. They had the whole thing with South Carolina where she wasn't guarding the chick at the three point line. And she kind of just waved her off and basically told her to shoot it. And, you know, there was a whole big spat about that, about how all that's disrespectful. And, and LSU come back and said, Oh, well, they're not going to guard us that way. Like that's just, you know, blah, 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 blah. So there was a lot of hype coming into this game. You know, Caitlin kind of put a target on her back by all that with all the antics, which like I said, that's her right. That's part of being a competitor. If you're good and you know it, you can flaunt it, but you yep. got to back it up. She definitely backs it up. And so coming into the game LSU is there to prove a point. Angel Reese, she's there to prove a point. And I didn't watch the game, but I watched the highlights and those girls were just left and right, man, just hitting everything. They were up 17 at halftime. But some of the context that I was missing is they I've heard that it was one of the worst officiated games that, that you know anybody's ever seen. So yeah. I wouldn't know that because I didn't watch, but like some of the people that I've talked to about it said that the officiating was awful. So, but that's neither here nor there because LSU obviously won. Um, however, so LSU's up by like twenty at the end of the game. There's like fifteen seconds left or whatever, and Caitlin Clark's walking around the mid court, maybe a little bit past mid and Angel Reese is like circling her and like pointing at her finger and you know doing the you can't see me like basically shoving it in her face now i do believe that was a little bit excessive you know there 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 is a point where that does go overboard so i get why that i understand the outrage but at the end of the day it's basically the same thing if you're going to if you're going to do this little you can't see me in other games then whenever you get beat the other, of course, the other team's going to, you know, shove it right in your face. And so I can't – I can't – people are, are saying it's apples and oranges. But I really don't think it's that different. They say because the game was already decided that it was classless. But – and then that then in comes all the race aspect of it. People are saying, like, oh, if it was a white chick, then y'all wouldn't be saying that. And I think there there is a little bit of merit to that. I'm not saying that if you disagree with what Angel Reese did, then you're racist. I'm not saying that. But there is a difference between Iowa's culture and LSU's culture. Let's just call it what it is.
1: Yeah.
0: And let's not forget that Angel Reese played at Maryland. And I think I'm pretty sure Maryland beat Iowa Whenever she was in whenever Reese was at Maryland as well. So like yeah. the beef goes way back between Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese.
1: Yeah. I agree. Definitely in the sense that maybe it was definitely a step over overboard after the game is over, but like like I was saying, in the heat of that moment, like y'all been trashing and going back and forth bucket for bucket, you know. Right.
0: We don't know what was said throughout the
1: game. Yeah, and of course, with how outlets and media goes about it now, like it's going to be huge because one's white, one's black, and anybody against the black person is racist. Anybody for the white person is racist, and I feel like that's where everybody's getting this, oh, you, you think it was too much racist, or... I, I feel like they're competitors. Okay, like, it, but let's it, be
0: honest though. Let's be honest though. You take a bunch of black girls that probably grew up in the hood, who have seen this this white chick, Caitlin Clark, throwing around the "You can't see me" and waving people off, daring them to shoot it. You know, like they grew up in the hood, bro. That's just how it is. You, if you put it out there, then. Whenever you get shown, like you're gonna get shown up. Whenever you oh, get yeah. beat, like if yeah. you go go to any court in America, that's in a, you know, like like at your gym, dude yeah. got fucking shot over a three on three. <laughs> yep. You know what I'm saying? So like, I feel like this, the like I was talking about the culture is different. Yes. Like, I I'm trying not to say the wrong thing or like come off as.
1: Yeah, I get what you're saying.
0: Come off as like you know, race baity, but like, it's just different. They come from different backgrounds, so like, what Angel Reese did, that's when you expect that to happen. Yeah, if you come from the hood, you know, like you understand. Yeah.
1: And also, I don't know if you've seen because I watch SportsCenter Center or whatever, and they had Caitlin Clark on the show. They had them both
0: on, didn't they?
1: Yeah. Well, they had Kaitlyn Clark on and asked her about it. And she was like, I don't think anybody should be giving Angel a hard time because it was all fair play. Like, it was all part of the game. It was all fair play. We went back and forth, yada, 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 which, one, I thought was dope. And, two. Which
0: is a good An- sport.
1: Yeah. two, Angel Reese is just doubling down on her stuff, like, it's all it's all game. I she don't care what y'all think, and that's another thing. Don't don't give a shit what other people think. If you're well, a cop
0: it's like she doesn't care. If she's gonna play the villain. Every every sport needs a villain. You know yeah. what I'm saying?
1: I respect it. it I
0: respect a, it too, man. It
1: puts a target on LSU's back next year, which their coach looks like the villain, like the evil villain. So I feel like LSU. I mean, it's good for college basketball in the end. Like, this is going to be good for women's the women's right. game because next season, everybody's going to be tuning in. Like, is anybody going to take down LSU? And it's going to draw a lot more eyes each each week. And it's it's yeah, like I said, it's good. It's good for college, women's basketball. Good for them. And fuck. Also, next year they've got uh, that UConn girl coming back too. What's her name? Um, the one that tore her ACL.
0: Oh, I, I can't think of it.
1: She was really good last year, but she'll be back too. Like UConn's women's team will be back. They're always good. South Carolina's always good. Yeah, it's gonna be good I think,
0: for. Um, yeah, it's gonna be definitely interesting. the storylines and the narratives will be there. So, I think, I think there'll be funny. a lot more. There'll be a lot more eyeballs on on the women's game next year for sure.
1: I think it's funny how uh, Angel Reese is like. She said, uh, "I'm not trying to go to the White House and hang out with Biden. I'm, I'm gonna go chill with the Obamas." I thought uh, that was, fu- I thought that was funny though. Yeah. I was like, "Hey, girl, be you. Hey, everybody gets a chance to be themselves, especially when you're on the top of the world, right? However, you want to embrace it, you know. If you're it,
0: the, if you're the champion, bro, you get, you get special privileges when you're the champ. You know what I'm saying, like." You you can talk all that shit, and guess what? You went out and proved it. You were the best team in the nation. Yep. And you backed it up. So yep. hats off to LSU.
1: Big, big dubs. Have you been all watching right. any of the NBA at all? Because I have not watched a single um, thing on the NBA.
0: Very, very little. I know there's a big game tonight between the Clippers and the Lakers. Oh, yeah, I And they basically – I think whoever wins gets the sixth seed. Yeah. Whoever loses gets the seventh seed. So it's basically to, to go either – if you lose, you go to the playing tournament. If you win, you're in. I'm going to have so to watch that game. It starts at 9 Eastern.
1: <laughs> Is LeBron playing?
0: Yeah, he's back. I just – I don't know, man. The NBA has kind of lost its mojo for me. It's There's too much player drama. There's too much people sitting out. It seems like they've lost the love for the game, really. Uh, And also the referees, uh, the referees are atrocious. They don't know how to officiate a game, it feels like, anymore. Um, I think a lot, if you listen to a lot of the rhetoric by the players that's going around the game, is like the the sports gambling has really affected the outcomes here lately, which is another conversation in and of itself. I mean, you start legalizing – Gambling, there's huge money on these games. So huge, yeah. And that's all people care me. about. Right, you can't tell me that that doesn't have an impact in some way, shape, or form. Yeah.
1: Like uh, Kyrie was saying, it's like, he don't, they don't, them players don't care about your fucking parlay. They're just, they're just trying to play basketball and get paid.
0: Yeah, but the but the refs definitely do,
1: though. Oh, yeah, yeah. The refs definitely do. There's a big thing. On, there's a big, uh, I, I don't know if it's on Netflix or not, but how in, like, the 90s or whatever they had, them referees were pretty much, you know, gambling with each other. They had a ring, and they would, like, be like, hey, we're going to call AI on this carry on that crossover he does. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's the uh, the Tim Donahue.
1: Yeah, Tim Donahue. He was, uh, it
0: was, like, the early 2000s, and, yeah, it's on Netflix. I can't remember the name of it, but it's. It's about the NBA referees, and basically, he was the scapegoat. He was the one that they put. Oh, it's just this one guy. It's isolated to just these. You know, this guy. He's the one that got like federally indicted or whatever. And so now the NBA sweeps it under the rug and tries to make it seem like they don't have a problem, when in reality all the, you know, not I won't say all of them, but. A lot of the NBA referees ran on that type of shit, and I and I'm sure it still goes on today, even in other sports. Oh yeah. When you got that type of money, that amount of money, I mean, and shit's gonna go. Uh, yeah, shit's gonna go sideways every now and then. Yeah. But uh, as far as the NBA goes, I don't really know. uh it's about like I don't really watch or pay attention much. I just see some highlights and some quotes and shit like that.
1: That's all I see.
0: And then when the playoffs starts, I start paying attention. I think well, the playoffs are fun to watch. but
1: Yeah. I'm a playoff NBA guy. I feel like most of the world is too. The the uh, lust for the NBA regular season is dead unless you're like one of those few and far in between diehard fans or whatever. And I feel like it's only certain teams that people are – like if you're a Celtics fan, you probably tune in for a fucking Wednesday night game in the middle yeah. of February.
0: But it's like the Celtics, the Lakers, the Seventy Sixers. Yeah. The the Warriors. But really anybody it. outside of that, yeah, they don't really have a a huge following, I feel like. So Just crazy. I, I think it'll be it'll be fun to watch this year. Just because nothing, you know, I mean, baseball will be on, but like,
1: yeah,
0: it's regular season baseball. It's the same thing.
1: Like, you don't watch really regular season baseball. You don't even, baseball season really doesn't start for casual fans until like right after the all star break. People start picking up on yeah. it. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's kind of how I do it every year. I, I mean, I might glance at the standings every now and then. Yeah. See who's on like a, like a hot streak and. Maybe check out some of the early MVP shit and Cy Young yeah. shit. But, like, I don't really start paying attention until after the Home Run Derby. That's yeah. whenever I start watching.
1: I don't think that can – there's nothing baseball can do, even with all of their rule changes and shit. Nothing's ever going to really bring in eyes for –
0: you know, it's just too many games. Yeah, to really give a fuck. You know, that's yeah. why the that's why the NFL's so successful. Yeah, because there's only 17 games. Yep. So week to week, every week matters. You know, yep. one week could be the difference between making the playoffs and and missing the playoffs. But in baseball, you know, you could lose 20, 30, 40 games and still come back and make the playoffs. So let's talk a little bit about the rule changes, and then we'll talk some current events, and then we'll get you on your way. I know you said you got some stuff to t- to do, so. All
1: right. Well, so the MLB, and I saw it firsthand last night, which is pretty dope. Um, MLB did some rule changes in this past off season which have been implemented in the past years for minor league baseball, which are larger bases. Um, you only get two pickoffs during an at-bat as a pitcher. And the pitch clock, which is implemented, 20 seconds, get the pitch off, which I guess we could start with the pitch clock because I feel like it has the largest impact on the game one you're gonna have pitchers who have gone maybe their whole career you know kind of putting themselves together and being able to you know work through how am I gonna deliver this pitch or whatever and I guess also you could say impacts batters because most of the time batters you know take a breath in between you know adjust themselves, get themselves ready, because they're trying to hit a 95-plus mile-an-hour ball coming at them. Right. And, I mean, that's a mental toll. In the larger grand scale of things, like how many pitchers are going to get hurt because they're rushing through innings or outings, and how many batters, batted averages, are going to drop because, you know, they're rushed in every at-bat, too.
0: Right. I I and I think people maybe who haven't played baseball at a high level don't appreciate like the mental game, the mental aspect of it, because there is a lot of thinking, you know, between the ears that goes on whenever you are up up at the plate or you are on the mound. Like it's a duel. It's a chess game. Not only do you have to perform physically, like you know, if you're playing basketball and you're a dominant athlete, you just, like Giannis, you just go down the lane and fucking yam on somebody. But, like, yeah. if you've got somebody like Shohei Otani, he's throwing straight gas and then it has got something nasty that's just going to fall off the table. Like, you got to know what to prepare for and you got to pick the pitch up early and all this, you know, so many different factors. So I think uh, it creates a game within the game. Like it was already complicated enough whenever the pitchers could take their time and the hitters could take their time. But now you're going to have to make decisions that much faster. Boom, 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 boom. So I think it, from everything that I've seen, it's relatively uh, positive. People, people are, are enjoying it more. Some of the old heads think that it's not, you know, obviously you're going to have pushback from them who are just set in their ways, but, as far as i can tell the the majority of people are liking it and they said the game times are 22, 22 minutes less now on average so almost a half an hour less but i think i think it's really going to it's going to play it's going to play out throughout the season cuz i don't even think the umpires really understand the rules yet as far as how to enforce them and shit like that so I think it might take a year to maybe smooth out some of the kinks, some of the yeah. different situations. But overall, I think it's a good thing. And then I just don't—I don't know if I agree with the pickoff thing, though.
1: No, that's a—that's the biggest gripe that I have. Now, for going back on the pitch clock, I think it's going to be for the, the span of 162 game season, like there's going to be a lot of benefits. Like guys are going to perform better throughout a year once they adjust, because now they've, they're at the ball field for four hours in total rather than, you know, six to eight hours in total. But for the pickoff thing, if I'm a runner, just myself and a guy happens to pick off, you know, that two times automatically a, automatically in my head I go,
0: okay, I can steal. I can get because, a huge fucking lead. Yeah. I can steal. I can just, like, get 20 foot off the bag. Yeah. I know he's not gonna pick up.
1: Literally, I can just be like, well, I'm just gonna pretty much go to the... I might as well just lead off all the way to the next bag. I'm gonna... I'm just gonna basically just push myself as far as I can, then I'm gonna walk into the next base.
0: Well, I mean, then you could... I mean, depending on your speed and, like, your base running ability, like, it, I I mean, I understand the point of it. It's they wanna they want more runs. They want more offense because throughout professional sports, that's the trend, is more points, more people in the seats. People love offense, they don't really appreciate defense anymore. So the point is let's get if if you know the pitcher's not going to pick off, you can get a bigger lead. That way, if it's a base hit on a single, normally on a normal lead, you would only go to second. But now you can get this huge fucking lead on a single. You can go first to third. Or maybe first to home. Exactly. You know, so. I understand the gist of it. I just don't know if I like it yet. But. We'll see. And then the, the whole thing with the shift.
1: Oh, yeah. The, sh- the, the shift band, too. That's a. I completely glossed over that, but. I personally like the shift, ban. I know for a lot of people, like like we said, baseball is a chess match. And I do believe that a good hitter can hit to anywhere on the field. But when you see these outrageous shifts where it's like there's one guy on one side of the field, it's like that's completely – that's not even baseball anymore. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Yeah. To each their own. But a batting average will probably go up, especially for left-handed hitters, because that's where the shifts were. I feel like a big lefty, everybody came over to yeah, the, the, the right. Re- yeah. So lefties will take advantage of I don't that. know.
0: I, I'm a firm believer in you hit them where they, ain't, where they ain't. Yeah. Like you said, any good hitter worth their salt should be able to, you know, hit backside, hit front side, hit middle. Especially hit at a for-
1: professional level, yeah.
0: Right. So, I mean, maybe, like I said, maybe it's just the old head in me, the old school in me. I think that you should be able to – on defensively, you should be able to put your players wherever you want. If you want to play nine outfielders or eight yeah. outfielders, or I guess seven outfielders because you'd have to have a pitcher and a catcher. But, I mean, fuck it. If you want to put everybody on the first base side, if you want to put everybody up the middle, then you should be able to do it. But that's not what baseball decided to do. So, got to play by the rules. The
1: one rule that I've had the most issue with in the past couple years is the pitcher, when you bring a pitcher in, he has to face a minimum of three batters or go the full inning. That one I'm really against. Although people will say, like, oh, well, we don't want to have 15 pitching changes in a game. Well, that comes back to the old head of me. Like, if I've got a power lefty up in my right-handed matchup, against him doesn't work. Like, I'm going to go bring in a lefty, but now you have to – I guess you can put more strategy in. Now you got to, like, look at the next three batters before you bring a pitcher in. Like, if I bring this guy in here, well, who is he going to face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one I had a lot of problem with, but <sighs> it's baseball at the end of the day. They'll, somebody will find a loophole in everything, and somebody will succeed and somebody will suck, and the team that sucks will probably be the Reds. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you see that thing I uh, shared on uh, our Facebook group?
1: Yeah, you the Reds
0: have like a two point one chance of making the playoffs.
1: Hey, in the the way too early power rankings, the Reds are number nine right now. Just so you know.
0: Yeah, but it's way too early. So, <laughs>
1: hey. So, last year, the first month in total, all of April, the Reds had three wins. All right. So, the fact that we have three wins in five games, it's huge.
0: I mean, yeah, it's improvement.
1: Big improvement. Obviously. Unless we don't win a game for the rest of April, then we just suck.
0: God, I would <laughs> I would laugh so hard if y'all lost the rest of the April schedule. Oh, my
1: God. Who they got today? They played the Cubs today. Well, it's was postponed. But three and two, the Cubs got us yesterday. We gave up fucking 12 runs to the shit Cubs.
0: The thing about baseball – is you don't really know what you got until Mm -hmm. about 50 or 60 games in. Yep. So I'm glad MLB started, though. I do enjoy, you know, a good pitcher's duel and a good, you know, barn burner.
1: Yeah. Sandy Alcantara threw a 99-pitch, hour and 59-minute game last night, complete game. Hour 59 minutes, it's fucking absurd, bro. That's shoving.
0: That's just, yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> fucking slinging it up there.
1: Getting the ball and shoving it down their throats. CC. Hey, I
0: think you're gonna, I, I think, um, with the pitch clock, you're not gonna see any more fat pitchers. Uh-uh. Like these dudes are gonna be fucking jacked, ripped, fucking just dealing one pitch after another. I don't, I think that's going to affect the game. I think the pitchers are going to have to be in a lot better shape.
1: That's an argument, too. Like This might change baseball for the better because it's going to take more guys who can just go, like more pure athletes, which baseball could use.
0: I think in the future, the prototypical pitcher is going to be Shohei Otani.
1: Oh, yeah. Like yeah
0: fucking 6'5", yeah. and fucking throw upper 90s. I don't know if this is true or not. This might have just been, like, a troll. But I saw somewhere in the far reaches of Twitter where they were talking about Shohei Otani might be be ambidextrous. He might be pitching ambidextrous.
1: So, there's – he can throw left-handed, but um, the Angels won't approve him, like, actually getting on the mound. But he does throw bullpens left-handed at, like – Low 90s.
0: Man, what can this dude not do? Like, holy shit. It's
1: <laughs> incredible, bro. He is incredible. Did you see he the video? Be,
0: he might be the most athletic dude to ever play baseball.
1: Have you ever seen the video of him throwing the football on the baseball field? Uh-uh. He throws like a 70-yard bomb, bro.
0: Bro, he can probably like 360 windmill dunk it, too. I
1: guess. I guarantee – I mean, think he's fast as fuck. I mean, he's a hitter, outfielder, pitch both-handed, hits dongs. I guarantee you can fucking 360 windmill. Although I bet you in Japan, like, they probably don't fucking pick up basketball. You probably pick – like, you pick one thing over there, and you're like, I'm going to be the master of this one fucking thing.
0: Yeah. You like – it's just like the Asian culture of excellence. Yeah. yeah.
1: Speaking of Asian culture, did you see that video of Shohei Otani and Ichiro?
0: Yeah, well, I didn't. I I didn't know the context of it, but I saw it on the internet.
1: Just Shohei, just their The Japanese culture is. He's just, pa- he's just
0: paying his respects,
1: man. Like that's probably his. Man,
0: how old is Ichiro? Is he still playing? Or is he just like <laughs> he hanging just, out in Seattle? He
1: just, he just hangs out, bro. He's like full gear hanging out all the time. Like, that's why I fucking love each other. He's like a, he's like, I want to say he's 50 now. I want to say he's probably 50 or just above 50.
0: But I think, he's, I think he's like in his early
1: 50s. Yeah. But he fucking, he still looks great, bro.
0: Yeah. I mean, he could probably get up there. Ken Griffey was talking about playing in the World Baseball Classic.
1: I wouldn't be shocked if he. Ken Griffey Jr. I wouldn't be shocked if he put on a, a uniform and tried DH for the WBC in the next one. I'd be sick. Probably go over, but it'd be dope. His batting practice was pretty dope. I don't know if you watched it. He was hitting Yeah, I've
0: seen, um, who was watching? Was it Mike Trout or somebody was watching? Yeah. Him and he was just like in all, like a little yeah. kid again.
1: Man, that's baseball. That's the best part about baseball is the, you can really see the little kids and guys, bro. It just brings it out of them.
0: It's the all-American pastime, man. Yeah. Alright, J D, is there any um thing you wanna talk anything else you wanna talk about a lot, not that's not sports related or
1: um everybody we have to as a community decide we are going to go see the Mario movie because there's already a release out that says it's only a forty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is fucking probably bullshit.
0: Is that critic score or audience score? Critic score. Well yeah. Fuck the critics. The critics suck. Exactly.
1: Audience score needs to go to a thousand. I guarantee it's going to be good. All right. Um, I just wanted. To, I that's a big announcement for me. I'm obviously we're game people, so Mario's going to be huge, and I think it's going to be a great movie. They've got Jack Black, Chris Pratt. Um, fuck, what's his name? Chart- Danny
0: McBride? Is he Bowser or Donkey Kong?
1: No, uh, I think he's John Donkey C. Riley.
0: Uh, I don't know.
1: I just know Jack Black is Bowser, and I feel like it's going to be the most perfect impersonation of Bowser to ever be.
0: What about all the backlash for Chris Pratt not being Italian and playing Mario?
1: <laughs> all right, people. I get it. Mario's Italian, but this is a fucking video game. This isn't like a real true life story, bro. It could That's be pretty- literally...
0: That's pretty racist against white people, if you ask me.
1: Yes. Fucking oh my god. And like we've only heard really one fucking thing out of the guy, so we don't even know like what his sounds are gonna be like. Woohoo! Like you never know, bro. It could be really fucking
0: <laughs> it could be, could be fucking... so accurate that you yeah. won't even know, bro. Yeah, exactly. You Just can't judge it till you till you watch it.
1: And I. I think it's bullshit that people hate Chris Pratt. Like, people hate him because he's, well, it's really the fucking, uh, the lefties hate righties. And Chris Pratt I, is an open righty, so. He's, an, uh,
0: he's a Christian. That's what people hate yeah,
1: him. Yeah, like, oh, he loves God. Fuck that guy. No, nah, fuck that. Why don't you just mind your own I business? mean,
0: Chris Pratt seems like a cool guy. I mean, I'll hang out with him.
1: Oh, fuck yeah. Know? I'd be like, yo, Star Lord, what's up, bro? Dap him up. Let's. I'd be like,
0: hey, Andy from Parks and Rec.
1: (laughs) Yes, bro. Oh, Parks and Rec. That's a fucking good show. People need to watch too. That's
0: my favorite. That's probably my favorite role that he's that he's had.
1: He kills it in that. And He's a fucking fat ass in it too.
0: Yeah, what's probably (laughs) one of the funniest things is uh, because he had to get in shape for that uh, Navy SEAL movie that he did. Yeah, Uh, Valor or whatever. Yeah. And so in between, like from, I can't remember what season, but in between seasons, he loses all his weight, gets in shape, and he shows up on Parks and Rec, and they're like, wow, Andy, you lost a bunch of weight. How'd you do it? And he's like, I just quit drinking beer. (laughs) They were like, damn, how much beer were you drinking, bro? (laughs) Oh,
1: my God. I'm going to have to rewatch that. I ain't watched that in a minute. That's a good
0: one. It's good. All right. uh, Speaking of good movies. I went, we went and watched John Wick. Oh, yeah. Now, it's not for everybody. If you're not a fan of John Wick series, then you probably, then, you know, why would you go see John Wick four? Yeah. If you haven't got the gist of it by now, then you're not going to get it. But John Wick four was the most John Wick movie I've ever seen. It was.
1: Collaborate.
0: It was. Action, it's probably the most action I've ever seen in any movie. It's probably one of the best action movies of all time. And that might, it might be too early to say that, but if you enjoy gunfights, if you enjoy people beating the shit out of each other, if you enjoy (laughs) iconic characters and and shadowy cabals and, and uh, like the lore of the assassin world, then it's definitely something to seek your. Sink your teeth into. I enjoyed it. It's almost three hours long, and there's kind of a twist at the end. So, Ooh.
1: is there gonna be another one? Yeah, I
0: don't know. Yeah. I have to watch. I have to watch.
1: <laughs> so I've never personally seen a John Wick movie, but. Because of the love that this last one's got, I really might just sit down and start watching.
0: It's it's out of eighty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: It's crazy how much love it's getting. People are like saying this is the best John Wick, and it, like you should watch the first three for the fourth one.
0: Yes, if you want to follow the storyline, if you just want to jump in and just enjoy a, a, a action packed flick, then yeah, I mean John Wick four, go for it. But like, if you want to understand what's going on, you do need to watch at least the third one, if not all three of them before, but anyway, brother, anything else?
1: That's about it. Everybody be uh, on the lookout for YouTube vlog from opening day in Columbus. Aside from that. uh, Oh yeah. um, Shout out Jake Stanley, big winner of our bracket tournament challenge. That's, he picked UConn from the get. Good for him. Thank you to everybody who participated. Uh, we're probably going to think of something else to work on down the line, but we'll figure out something to get everybody involved. But for now, keep listening. You know.
0: Yeah, next year we're going to hype it up a little bit more. Kind of, we just yeah. waited till the last minute to do anything with the March Madness. um yep. Our, I think, do we want to start the gambling? Do we want to start gambling, or do we just want to?
1: I would like
0: to. I know uh shout out Houston. Yeah, my dog Houston. I ain't fucking talked to you in a minute, bro. Hit me up. What's going on? But uh he's mentioned something about getting like a little gambling pool together. Like I like if you have any knowledge about that type of thing, hit us up because like I don't really know where to start or how to get into it. Like I would definitely like to put a little bit of money into it and just play around with it yeah. and um but I don't need to know the ropes first, I want to know what I'm getting myself into and then, like, I don't really know how it works with the group, but maybe, it definitely makes the games more interesting to watch, whether you're watching basketball, baseball, football, whatever, MMA, whatever, so, we're gonna do a little bit of research on that, maybe we'll have some stuff in the Facebook group about it, so, we'll see, definitely check out the YouTube channel, Cozy and Murph, um, look out, uh, yeah, we're going to work on getting a uh, uh, webcam where we can start doing clips and videos. Well,
1: especially since we can do it right here on Riverside, too, where we can just turn cameras on and uh, basically record our whole thing. Bro.
0: Yeah. Well, all right. I guess that does it for our Ma- March Madness wrap-up.
1: Appreciate everybody. Yep. Y'all, y'all have a good rest of the week. Peace. Love. Peace,
0: Peace out blame hey